Hello and welcome to Truth Wars. My name's James Atkinson and on this show we normally like to dissect the mainstream narrative and we're never short of content on that front. However, today's going to be a little bit different. I wanted to talk about something that is of utmost importance to every last one of us. Something called, I've dedicated a lot of time to this, something called LifeLog, okay? So, some things, okay, are absolutely and utterly impossible without a single most infinitesimal possibility of ever being true. And Facebook, running the world's largest ever spy network in California, without being taken over by the Pentagon, is just one of those things. And hopefully, anyone who believes that this could ever be possible has now been quietly and unembarrassingly corrected and can now pretend that they would never be so ignorant as to harbour such a fantastical delusion ever again. So now let's go into the detail. And there's a lot of detail right here. After 9-11, as all recent major problems tend to originate, DARPA, oh yes, DARPA, in close collaboration with the US intelligence community, specifically, might I add, the CIA, began developing a pre-crime approach to combating terrorism, which was known as TIA, Total Information Awareness, TIA. The purpose, another three-letter agency, the purpose of TIA was to develop an all-seeing military surveillance apparatus. Now, the official excuse behind the TIA was that invasive surveillance of the entire US population was necessary to prevent terrorist attacks and disease outbreaks. <laughs> the leader and designer was none other than John Poindexter, previously Ronald Reagan's national security advisor. We'll link to these people, as always. The TIA program met with considerable, understandably, citizen outrage after it was revealed to the public in early 2003. Now, the American Civil Liberties Union claimed that the surveillance effort would kill privacy because every single aspect of our lives would be catalogued. Concerning, you might agree. While several mainstream media outlets warned that the TIA was fighting terror by terrifying US citizens. As a result of the pressure, DARPA changed the program's name to Terrorist Information Awareness. Aren't they clever cookies? After considerable controversy and criticism in late 2003, TIA was shut down and defunded by Congress. Now, just months after it was launched, that's just months after, in late 2003, bear that in mind. It was only later revealed, and they've had all this outrage and all this upright, upcry, outcry about it, sorry. It was only later revealed that the TIA was never actually shut down. It was a ruse. With its various programs having been covertly divided up amongst the web of military and intelligence agencies that make up the US national security state. Now, some of it was privatised, right? So DARPA, what they did is they just moved these to classified portfolios of the Pentagon and the US intelligence community out of sight. It's all that happened here. A close friend of Poindexter, DARPA's program manager, Douglas Gage, created LifeLog, which sought to build a database of tracking a person's entire existence. This includes people's relationships, communications, thoughts, media consumption habits, purchases, behaviour and much more in order to build a digital record of everything an individual says, sees and does. 
Is this ringing any bells, guys? Does this sound familiar? This was the first phase. And the data entry method was self-reported. So basically, it's essentially getting people to spy on themselves. The second phase was to take this unstructured data and then organize it into little discrete episodes and use it for mapping out relationships, <laughs> yes, memories, events, and experiences. LifeLog, just the name, folks, isn't it? It's just the name. LifeLog creates a permanent and searchable electronic diary of a person's entire life. It seems AI was to be applied to this data, developed by Howard Schrobe and others. While DARPA publicly went on to deny clandestine surveillance, DARPA's very own documentation on LifeLog noted that the project will be able to infer the user's routines, habits, relationships with other people, organizations, places and objects, and to exploit these patterns to ease its task. <laughs> wow, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Which acknowledged its potential use as a tool of mass surveillance. Now, the application of these two steps is to completely and utterly model and predict human behavior. That's what it's for. And for network modeling, enabling an unimaginably powerful and broad set of possibilities for control of populations on every single conceivable level, folks. Among critics, Lee Tien of the Electronic Frontier Foundation told Vice at the time of LifeLog's cancellation, it would not surprise me to learn that the government continued to fund research that pushed this area forward, forward sorry, without calling it LifeLog. MIT's David Carger was also certain that, DARPA, that the DARPA project would continue in a repackaged form. He told Wired magazine that I am sure such research will continue to be funded under some other guise or title. I cannot ever imagine DARPA dropping out of such a key research area. And boy, was he right. LifeLog was continued, sorry, LifeLog was officially closed on February the 4th, 2004. DARPA never provided any explanation for its quiet move to shut LifeLog. With a spokesperson merely saying that it was related to a change in priorities for the agency. Just played it all down, folks. That's all they did here. Just completely played it down. Now, on February the 4th, 2004, interestingly, the exact same day. Talk about coincidence, folks. On that day that DARPA, that DARPA shut LifeLog down, what happened? February the 4th, 2004, Facebook was launched. Oh, yes. I, I, I hope now it's obvious that this, if an accident, would be some work of extraordinary coincidence. <laughs> wow. Facebook performs the exact same tasks as LifeLog, believe it or not, in the way that they gather everything about people's entire social connections, activities and behaviour. At an oddly candid moment in 2015, Gage, DARPA's program manager, told Vice that Facebook is the real face of pseudo-lifelog at this point. Interesting. 
It is also on record that figures in the Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, etc. group, now named Meta, obviously, as we know, are figures are figures in or related to all three letter agencies, folks. The FBI, the NSA, the CIA. Oh yes, the CIA and DARPA itself. Now, examples of US intelligence community links. Let's get into the juicy stuff. Who were the people in the shadows? Not so much in the shadows, to be fair. We've got Max Kelly, FBI and NSA. Also, US Digital Service in the executive office of the US President. That's right. His movements in NSA after official departure from Facebook were kept secret for three years. <laughs> Chief Security Officer of Facebook. That's right. Next, we've got Sean Parker from the CIA. He was recruited by them at 16 years old. He was the first president of Facebook, considered by many to be the key person who brought to Facebook Peter Thiel. Yes, old Thiel-y. Thiel was then in coordination with the CIA, Parker's employer, that's right, and was actively trying to resurrect the controversial DARPA programs that had been officially dismantled the previous year. He was desperate to get this off the ground again. Thiel had been developing the core <clears throat> excuse me, Thiel had been developing the core panop... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't even pronounce that. He was developing the core software that was the aim of the TIA with his shady company, Palantir. Richard Pearl, the Regan Bush neoconservative and architect of the invasion of Iraq, called TIA's Point Dexter to introduce him to Thiel and associate Alex Karp, now Palantir's CEO. Thus, another link to George Bush's 9-11-led government, as well as the link from TIA to CIA and from CIA to Facebook. Listen, people, it's a revolving door. Just like we know, it's a revolving door. During their first meeting, Thiel and Karp sought to pick the brain of the man now widely viewed as the godfather of modern surveillance. Regina Dugan, DARPA, the group where all of this started. Now, Dugan worked for DARPA from 1996 and became none other than their director. In other words, Dugan led DARPA, right? There, she also led strategic initiatives in the field of social media. After that, she went on and worked at Google, then Facebook, where she headed Facebook's mysterious Building 8, which is considered some sort of skunk works secret projects department. Marn Levine, daughter-in-law of 9-11 involved John Deutsch, former director of the CEA, first COO of Instagram, previously worked at the US Treasury Department. Again, folks, it is a revolving door. We know this now. <sighs> John Kaplan in the White House Chiefs of Staff for George Bush, to whom he was a special assistant as policy advisor at Facebook. Excuse me, policy advisor. At Facebook, he succeeded Levine as vice president of global public policy. Now, others of such a sensitive nature likely exist in most influential roles at Facebook, now meta. My own experience being pretty much coerced by society again to sign up for a fucking Facebook account. I run businesses. OK, 
kind of have to if I want to run business pages. I decided to make an anonymous one. Real name, date of birth, passport photo, or other personal information that Facebook quite uniquely, sorry, demands. It wasn't possible. It was not possible. And what happened to the account? Well, it was blocked. Now, two things stuck out to me here. When I, when I was locked out, it demanded that I provide a photo and either a copy of my passport, driving license. Now, listen, just have a think about that for a minute. We all do these things. We all upload these, this crap to social media when we're asked to now. It's kind of second nature. And that, that's fucking scary. That is scary. A presumably civilian socialising site, right, is now in a position where they're demanding your actual passport to make an account. They want the fucking numbers off the passport. They want the photos, the front and the back, normally, if it's a driving license. And no other website in my entire life has this demand ever been levelled at me. It is clearly, folks, not a civilian operation. It's just not. Just connect the dots. Now, I searched for an informal photo of some random fucking person of my gender, roughly my age, to get the account unlocked. Once I uploaded the picture, I got some sort of fucking notice, right? Saying something along the lines of the validity will be checked, blah, 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 as a representation or a true representation of you. Like, I was now, at this point, beyond all reasonable doubt, right? So let's agree on something. No business, okay, will spend resources on something like the accuracy of a free account user's photograph. Just doesn't happen. It's certainly not a genuine social network. Certainly wouldn't. This, right, does not increase their profit. There's no money in it. And this doesn't also improve the user experience by increasing customer loyalty of any kind. What it does do is it does cost money. You have to pay people wages to check all the tens of hundreds of thousands of profiles that have been made. It does cost time and resources, even if AI is involved. There has to be some human interference at some point, and that costs money. So if this was a corporate entity, they are wasting time and money on something that has pretty much zero benefit to them at all. In fact, this demand, actually, what it does in reality is it risks losing customers. Because what it's doing is it's overstepping the privacy rights of a customer, of a user at all. Now, the only non-work entity that demands a passport photo is the government. Always has been. The only entity of any kind that would actually run checks on a submitted photo is the government. So what is giving these guys the right? On a submitted photo is the government, right? They're the only ones who run these checks. No business would waste resources to check the validity. Why would they? Why? Now, Facebook, therefore, you try and think, who else? What private organisations capture your passport information? That isn't government owned. There are very, very few, unless you're travelling, of course. Therefore, I can only conclude that Facebook has to be a government agency. <clears throat> sure enough, the photo was rejected. <laughs> How did they know? Well, they made it their business to find out. Not their business to do marketing or improve the website or make me feel welcome, but to check that my photo could be used to identify me. That they could put passport records to any future social and network activity. It's all connected, folks. Now, a large part 
of the gravity of the lifelog problem is that it does what no major entity has done before. Generally, right, governments demand your formal information, but your social life was largely unknown to them. And also, websites where you divulge your thoughts, your interests, your beliefs, and social network did not demand your formal birth information. Just wasn't done. There was a degree of separation between the two worlds. What LifeLog has done is gather your psychosocial behavioural information and then what they've done is they've fucking pinned that to your government information. It's all interlocked now. So they know everything about you and they can use that information however they want, whenever they want, why ever they want. It's scary, folks. You should be afraid of this. What they're doing is criminal. This just describes the, the, just the outline of what LifeLog is. Because clearly it's now Facebook in disguise. The actual possibilities with this system are, and I do not use this word lightly, unimaginable. Completely unimaginable. I don't think there is a single person on this planet who can actually picture in their mind the scope for abuse that Meta has for their mass and the nature of information. 2.3 billion humans right some of whom have been giving the the pentagon their personal interactional psychological and fucking lifestyle data daily for two decades <laughs> folks it's the most powerful data set that has ever ever been processed and in relation to the next most by a multiple that itself is just hard to conceptualize. It truly is scary. I hope this is valuable to people because it took me down a rabbit hole and off. What we can be almost sure of is that they know what we are going to do or think years before we do it. This is not this is intelligent beyond comprehension to most people. You can't, listen, you just can't deny, deny, excuse me, you just cannot deny the predictive might of a trillion human data points. That can't be denied. Most unforgivable, right, is that it has been given voluntarily now it has been proactively offered to the Pentagon by Facebook and Instagram users, by people spying on themselves without even asking for a DOD salary. Now, together, the people on the metadata gathering platform have done something that has never been achieved in the wildest dreams of even the most genocidal, oppressive fascist. They have given the government the information to predict and control every minute detail of what it is to be human on any population level that they wish, doesn't matter where you are, in any conceivable situation, for as long as this data can be preserved. The psychological, behavioural, relational data 
can now be fed into a fucking quantum computer to calculate any and probably every eventuality. What a government can do. Honestly, folks. It is so scary. It really is so, so scary. The capabilities of this. What a government can do with that informational power is beyond any conceivable limit. Please, folks, give this some serious thought.